to another episode of Help Me Rhonda with Rhonda Hale. I'm your host, Rhonda Hale. Thank you so much for joining me and being here. Yay. I hope you guys are doing awesome. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I am enjoying the crap out of it. I am really, really liking this. I want to start you off by saying thank you so much for your awesome comments, for your feedback. I read the comments on my iTunes and I get my emails and the little sweet feedback off of Instagram and it really feeds me. It makes me feel so happy. So thank you. Just want to put that out there. This episode is called My Boy Toy Algorithm. And if you have not listened to this podcast before, this episode is one of four files that I'm pulling information from. The first one is the hot mess train wrecks that I have kept a diary of through the years of being a bridal tailor, which includes crazy, crazy, crazy brides, as well as some of their crazy stories on their journey through their relationship. Uh, crazy awesome love stories that are like, oh, how cute, that's so adorable as well as uh, last episode, I finally came clean and I let everybody know that I'm actually a psychic. It's not something that I have had the nerve to say before now. <laughs> and I thought, shit, if I'm gonna do a podcast, I might as well just be coming clean on things. And there you guys know. So if you listen to the last episode, you now know that whether I want to or not, I am a psychic and these things happen. So in this episode, this is the fourth file, which is the boy toy files. I am gonna be telling you guys how it started, why it started, and how I developed it. If you haven't heard me say before, I was married for 17 years and I had three children. I was very unexpectedly divorced. When I first got married, I was a young bride. It was the 80s and that was a normal thing to do, is to get married young. If, if you uh, maybe didn't have the finances to go to college, you got married. I mean, it was a different day. It was a different time. So I got married and had three amazing children. During my marriage, uh, the man that I was married to was a serial cheater. He constantly, constantly had affairs. It was nonstop. I turned a blind eye to it because I, I am an only child. My parents are passed away. I didn't have anyone to turn to. I didn't have anybody to help me out if I had anything that I needed. So I, I felt very alone in the world. And so I did, I turned a blind eye to that. I could have stood up for myself sooner, but finally I got so sick of it. I kind of put my foot down and ended the marriage. Kind of didn't expect myself actually to get the balls up to do it, but I did. And when I did, it was almost very unexpected. I surprised myself in a way when I did it. So. I had to hit the ground running and when I hit the ground running, I found a job. I'd always did the the wedding dresses and this, you know, all of the tailoring privately myself. At home, I had a shop. I was kind of concerned about being able to strum up enough business to just do that in order to support me and my children because I did know that the man that I was married to was a bit of a rat and I just kind of knew that once I kicked his ass out, I knew that he wouldn't be honorable and I knew that he would not follow through with supporting me or his children. I just knew that wasn't something that he was gonna follow through with. So I thought, okay, this is on my shoulders, I gotta do this. So I began working with as many brides as I possibly could get. I created a shop in my garage. 
I always had a daytime job. I always did either commercial design or I did interior design. And after I would get off work, I would go home and I would sew and do all of the bridal alterations from the garage. And so I'd be working easily till one or two in the morning, easily, no, no question about it because I would also meet with brides, go to their homes. I would never have anybody come to my house, but I would always go to their house and do the fittings, then come to my house and do the work. It wasn't very long after I was newly divorced or newly single, I was really needing some companionship. And I was a bit traumatized with the idea of a grown-up type of relationship, not really wanting to date anyone my age. I got divorced at the age of 37. And I didn't want to date someone my age because I didn't want them to, I just didn't, I it, like even now when I think of it, it creates this anxiety. Ugh, and I get kind of like, I feel like things are closing in on me and I kind of feel like, oh my God, I don't want to be locked down. I don't want someone to have expectations from me. It was just, I guess it was a traumatizing experience for me. So I did definitely have commitment issues at the time. And I decided that a very safe way to handle my need for human interaction was to date a younger man. And I decided immediately that I would start dating guys who were considerably younger than me because it gave me a feeling of being in control, being able to call the shots and not feel like someone was in charge of me and rather it was reversed. And that gave me a sense of control and that felt like, okay, I wasn't freaking out and this could actually be fun. At the time, I have never actually looked my age. I, in April, 2020, I'm going to be 53 years old. And when I was 37, when I first got divorced at the age of 37, I, I really looked like I was in my early 20s. When I first got divorced, I was 37 years old and I actually looked like I was in my early 20s. So that was the type of guy who automatically would start talking to me or would uh, give me attention. Of course, a lot of older guys too, but the younger ones would attract me because they felt like I was their same age. I would basically start talking to younger guys and start seeing them and when I first saw them and started dating them I was definitely making that's where I was making my first mistakes when I first first got divorced because I didn't know I didn't know anything man I didn't know anything at all and I was developing these connections with these younger guys who definitely were not somebody that I would want to have a long-term serious relationship with, yet I was connecting with them in a way that made me feel emotionally attached to them. And I knew immediately I needed to change something because that was not going to be okay. It just was not gonna fucking work. I realized that I needed to establish some rules. And through many 
I would say a few years of trial and error, I finally figured out what age group of guy really was the best candidate for me for a boy toy. So after trial and error, I found for myself the age group that worked best for me were men who were between the age of like 22 to like 24, honestly. A lot of people have feelings of judgment about that, but I mean, my God, look at men in their 60s and 50s and 60s trying to pick up on women who are not even 21 yet. I mean, seriously, nobody even bats an eye. People are just like, okay, that's socially acceptable. I started picking up guys who were both old enough to be in a bar, to be honest. And I'm attracted to certain body frame and a body type. I always liked guys who were tall. I am 5'7". I tell everybody I'm 5'8", but I'm actually 5'7". And I do wear high heels. And I am much more comfortable with a guy who is definitely, my height requirement is 6'2". So if you're under 6'2", I'm just not going to be comfortable. And I'm not going to be attracted to you in that way because I want to feel feminine. It just makes me feel better when I'm with a guy who's taller since I'm already gonna be like 5'11", almost six foot tall when I'm wearing my heels. I would say go to a bar or something with a friend, scan the bar, and I'd look for, you know, the taller guys. Their features were something that was attractive to me. I like a nice clean jawline, you know, I like good bone structure, and my God, if you're gonna fucking have a boy toy, shouldn't he be gorgeous? Shouldn't he be ripped? Yeah, thank you, yes. So I always was attracted to guys who were like physically Adonises, you know, Greek gods. Who is it? But I mean, my God, there's a smorgasbord of awesome, beautiful, gorgeous guys out there. After trial and error, I, well, actually during the trial and error shit, you guys should know about that. I actually in the beginning started dating guys who were um, fitting the profile. They were, I'm, I'm not attracted to jerks. And I know that I wasn't intentional on having relationships with anybody. I wasn't definitely not looking for any kind of a committed relationship. But yet, if you're an asshole or a jerk or you're ignorant or stupid or that's just not attractive. It really is not attractive. So that kind of guy wasn't even anybody who I would even look twice at. And I ended up started started dating guys who were always tall, always handsome, always good looking, and they always, always, always had their shit together. Because I knew being a single mom, I could never, I would never, ever, ever take a guy home. I would never take a guy home. So one of the rules were they had to be the kind of guy who had their own place, be independent. The only reason I would want them to be financially secure was because secure enough to have their own place, really, because I wanted privacy when I went to go see them. It's not like I wanted anything else from them. So initially, I think I started out with like two or three, and it was always one at a time, but then it would gradually, I'd collect a couple. Like they'd have their own place so I could go to their house because I was not gonna bring them home with me. And I kind of had my mind blown because after being married for 17 years, I realized I was having 
way below par sex. I had no idea sex could be that good. It was fucking mind-blowing how good the sex was. I would go to the to spend my time with these guys and they would be like, "Oh my god, I would I could meet up with them, go to their place, hang out and have we could start having sex around like nine o'clock and it was non-stop until like one o'clock in the morning and like they would go through five magnums in that time and their reload period was as long as it took to change the condom and I was like this is amazing this is incredible oh my god I don't need a fucking boyfriend and I'm not going to get attached to these guys because they're so young and I would never want a relationship with someone not that young and I'm almost 40. So no, that's not going to happen, right? Well, I started making some mistakes. The sex would be amazing and I had like, like I said, like two or three guys that I was seeing at a time. Um, initially, I didn't understand some of the pitfalls that can happen. I would let them buy me dinner or I would hang out afterwards and say watch a movie in bed with them or something and snuggle. I started becoming attached to them and that was a big boo-boo because they were becoming attached to me as well and I realized it was really really irresponsible and very very unfair of me to do that. So. It wasn't very long before I knew I had to correct that. I'm not gonna stop doing it because seriously, I just discovered something fucking amazing, but I needed to control it and get it get it organized, right? Not long after that, I moved from Northern California to San Diego. <laughs> San Diego, yeah. San Diego, the hot spot for boy toys. Uh, there is a naval base there in San Diego. I literally, literally landed in boy toy territory. I realized that that was like an unending supply of boy toys. I started realizing that all I had to do was get really, really organized. So I started actually writing out things that failed before, like I'm seeing these guys too close together. So I've got to figure out how many weeks I need to separate my visits with each boy toy to give us still the excitement of being together, looking forward to seeing each other without becoming emotionally attached. Through trial and error and just practicing and figuring out, you know, behaviors and how the guys were responding to me. I figured out that a separation between four and six weeks was really perfection. So I started spacing them out between four and six weeks apart between our visits. And I had to decide how often I had time to get laid. I mean, my God, if I could do what I wanted, I'd get laid every day. But I actually didn't have the time in my schedule for that because Obviously, I'm a single mom. I had a full-time job. I had my side job, which was sewing for brides. I would have to meet with brides. I'd come home and sew in the garage till all hours of the night, all of that. 
And so I decided, okay, I can afford in my schedule to have like two appointments a week for extracurricular activities. That became my very happy schedule for a really, really, really good number of years. It was absolutely spec fucking tacular. I am not kidding you. I wrote down a few notes because I needed to stay on track and I just didn't want to ramble on. I want to be better at that. I developed some rules of engagement. The rules of engagement were you, the boy toy, are never, ever, under any circumstances, ever allowed to text me. I am the only one who can text you. I am and always have been whenever I set up any more than any multiple boy toy situation that I ever set up. I was always very, very, very honest and told them, hey, I am seeing other guys. I have other cubs. I let them know from the very beginning because if they weren't down for it, I just, I'm not there to hurt anybody. I also, which brings me to my second and should be actually the first rule, which is no one, we're not going to do anything that's going to hurt someone. Uh, that would include myself. And getting attached does hurt people. Especially when I know that I'm not going to actually, we're going to be committed to you as in any way as a girlfriend. So I had to tell them, listen, if you ever get attached to a girl and you think that she is somebody you want to actually be with, please let me know because we're going to terminate this and I want you to be happy. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to sacrifice happiness with some awesome girl over casual sex with me. And I am always going to respect that. That was definitely a big role. The other rule was no fucking dick pics, man. I don't want to see your penis on my phone. I don't want to see your naked chest in the bathroom selfie pics on my phone. And at the time, it was because, you know, I have the children. Somebody could pick up my phone. If my phone rang and a, a call came through or something, my God, no, I'm not that mom. So that's not going to happen. You're not doing that. The minute you do that, you're getting blocked. It's not going to happen. So I didn't have, I've had many, many boy toys, but I never had anybody break that. Well, I think I had one guy break the rule and he got cut off and it never happened again. If for some reason I'm reaching out to you and I say, hey, what are you doing? Do you have any time this week? And for some reason say, uh, you're not available, you got company in or you're going out of town or something, then I'll keep the rotation going but you're going to be on the top of the roster for the next call. I'm still going to keep them up because I didn't want to lose my separation between the four to six weeks because I want it to stay fresh and fun. I figured with two appointments a week and spacing guys between four to six weeks apart, I needed eight to ten boy toys in rotation at all times because when I was in San Diego, many, many, many of them were in the Navy and unfortunately a lot of them would get deployed so I would always have new guys I'd have to fill in slots you know for new guys and you ask how do you fill in the slots like how do you get these guys like how do you get them set up I'm glad you asked so here's the answer to that question I would go to a bar or a club or something with a friend 
another girlfriend, whatever, who was single and she's out mingling and dancing and talking and flirting. And I not necessarily would be telling her what I'm doing, uh, what my intent was, but, uh, um, I would scan and I'd find someone who I found very attractive, somebody who was between six, two and six, seven and in great physical shape and had a beautiful face, a nice square jawline. And I would approach them and, you know, if I saw that they weren't hanging out with another girl, like I wanted to look to make sure they didn't have a girlfriend or somebody they, that seemed like a girlfriend nearby. And I would just walk up to them and I would tell them that I thought that they were really good looking and extremely hot. And then of course you have their attention immediately. And then after talking with them for just a couple of minutes to find out if they're local and they live here, San Diego, I mean, obviously it's a tourist town, so you get a lot of visitors, etc. I have had my fun with visitors, but when I'm searching for a boy toy, I make sure they're local. So I kind of ask, go through the questions, so do you live here locally? Oh, really? Like, where do you live? Do you have your own place? You know, I'm just asking these questions to not be having small talk. I'm actually filling a resume here. I'm finding out, are they fitting my profile? And as soon as I found out that they had their own place and they were local here, I would tell them, so have you ever been cougared? Have you ever been a cub? And they looked at me like, uh, and they're kind of laugh nervously like, oh, what do you mean? And I said, well, have you ever been cougared? Have you ever been a boy toy? And they would look at me and say, uh, no, but they'd get really bright about it and you could see their facial expressions kind of change and they would say, no, actually I haven't been cougared. I have never been a boy toy, but I'm interested. And I then told them, well, I'd love to see if we might be compatible and maybe you could be my cub. And they were very interested. And I said, well, the first step is to see if we're compatible and if we make out well. And so I would actually make out with them in the bar or to the side or wherever, make out with them. And if the chemistry's there, I mean, guys can be good looking and have all of the right gear and look fantastic and be horrible kissers or something. And there's just, there's the chemistry's not there. Um, but usually I, w I had a good picker. Okay. So I would find the right guy. Chemistry would be great. Kissing would be great. And I'd say, okay, well you first fast the first test. <laughs> let's, let's see. Um, when are you available? I'd like to see if we're compatible in bed. And they kind of would look at me like, is it this easy? Is she like inviting me to like have sex with her? And I just told him, I said, listen, I have a few cubs in rotation and I actually am looking to fill a spot because somebody got deployed. And uh, if you're interested, I'd certainly love to see if we're compatible. And I didn't get very many no's. Most, most guys would say yes. So we would either head out that night, give it a tumble <laughs> and see how things were and uh, see if we were compatible. And if we were, I slapped them right into the rotation, man. They were, they were my boy toy. They were on the crew. <laughs> it was amazing. Because the Navy was there, I would say over 50%, probably 75% of my rotation was Navy. A lot of them 
were really amazing, amazing people. A lot of them were from the Midwest, and that was very, very attractive. Uh, guys from the Midwest are, you know, they're old school. They're, and, and the East Coast, you know, getting guys from the East Coast and the Midwest, there's a big difference. And ladies know that. I, I'm here in the West Coast. I'm currently, very, very soon, I'm going to be in New York City in May, the end of May. I'll be in New York. But being a West Coast girl, it is really easy to see the difference between a West Coast guy and, a, and an East Coast guy. They're just so much more courteous. They're just so much more, um, I guess, the... The chivalry and the all of that stuff is just so nice, man. And they're so courteous in bed. They're so aware of pleasing and making sure you're happy. And I got no problems with that. And I, uh, that is definitely what's definitely very appealing to me. So those were, uh, I guess those were my points and how I collected my boy toys, how I got them. I would also start figuring out how they were in bed and I don't know you know I think after being married to a guy who was a loser in bed I mean he was horrible in bed it was awful I I, I just after having normal sex with people who are like the chemistry's fucking amazing I definitely <laughs> was getting some good karma back I would have to say that I definitely uh definitely have good penis karma. Currently in Los Angeles, I've been here, I have not actually been here a full year. It will be October. The next uh, week will be my one year mark from moving from San Diego to LA. I am a virgin again since I've been in LA because all I'm doing is working and I have no time for extracurricular, which is totally okay with me. I'm super happy to be working hard and building my business and getting my ducks in a row because honestly, I'm looking at that big target that I want for my business, which is to level up, move my business to Manhattan and uh, get established on the East Coast and move there. So I'm, I've got my nose to the grindstone and I'm working hard. And when I do get to the East Coast, to be honest, don't think I'm gonna be reviving a boy toy algorithm. I think that I'm actually gonna be ready for a grown up boyfriend relationship if the universe sends somebody to me that I feel compatible with. I actually think that um, I'm actually ready to do the grown up thing. <laughs> We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm actually really, really excited about it. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am so happy you're here. I hope this was interesting. That's my boy toy algorithm. I will be pulling stories and experiences from some of the boo-boos and the big mistakes and me not following my gut or not following my rules and what happened in situations. Like I said before, I have really, really good penis karma. And I think it's from 17 years of being married to like getting zip on that end of the scale to actually and being a really, 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 really good wife. Like when I am married or if I'm in a relationship, I am faithful as the day is long. I am not straying. If I, I guess from all those years of being faithful, the universe is like, okay, Rhonda, from now on, we're going to give you really good sex and gorgeous penises. So like, that's kind of what happens to me. 
in the future, I will be talking about times when I did listen to my gut and things went really wrong. Some of those files are very juicy and I hope you enjoy them. So thank you so much for tuning in. I do want to say that if you want to stay in touch with everything that's happening with me on the podcast and in my life and any changes or any projects that start coming my way, I want to invite you to follow me on my Instagram page, which is Help Me Rhonda Official. That's R-O-N-D-A, no H in my first name. Help Me Rhonda Official. And in the bio, you'll be able to find the link to my podcast, but you're listening to me right now. So thank you so much. You can listen to me on iTunes, on Spotify. If you want to know what this girl looks like, tune in on YouTube and you can watch me in video and you can see me. And uh, I would love to hear from you. I would like to hear what you want to hear from me. I want to provide the content that you want to hear. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Take a big bite out of this day. Thank you so much for listening.